systems are offline. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. The Pat and AJ Podcast. Well, because they got great banter. They jib jab. Jib jab, jib jab, jib jab. Pat and AJ. I feel like the conversation we've been having in the last five minutes is a lot more interesting than the shit they're talking about on the radio. Just moronic commentary and stupid sound effects, and it's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense. It's the Pat and AJ Podcast. Pat and AJ Podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome on in. Pat and AJ Podcast. The 166th episode, if you're keeping track. He is. I am. Probably the only fucking person. Whatever. By the way, remind me one of these weeks we need to uh, systematically go down all the uh, towns and townships and states and countries that listen to us. I have have all that information. Yeah, I'm interested. It's really weird. Flint, you win. You're number one. I'll just go ahead and cut to the chase now. If you're wondering, out of all the statistics of who's listening to the podcast, I can tell you for a fact that Flint uh, is a uh, number one. We were there the longest in our radio career. We were there. For well, se- we were there the last, right? And it's last, you know but longest. I mean, we yeah. were there for seven years. So, so you were top of mind. Like yeah. you know, we were actually kind of. We um, this is man. You, you ever do shit? You ever get to that point in your life? And I think I'm there, right? I'm 44, going on 45. I'm kind of in this second chapter. Some may say I'm a different person, whatever. But you ever look back at some shit you did in your life and you're like, holy fuck, really? Yes, lots, fuck, lots of times. That was me. Um, if you don't know, and I don't think we ever really talked about this outside of a Facebook post because it was such inside ribbing of us against someone else, but we bought a fucking billboard. <laughs> See, all you people think you become like a radio person or TV person and then like the company puts you on a billboard. Oh, hell no. Which, don't get me wrong, we actually were lucky enough to have happened before. When we, well, yeah, that's true. When we worked in La Crosse, Wisconsin. I mean, they, it wasn't a billboard, but it, it was, was a the, bus board. It was a bus board. That was but those move. The, that was They're cool, nice, yeah. Because they move around the cities, not just one spot. It was to be at like an intersection, though, and have a pull up right next to you and see your fucking huge face it on was, the side of a bus. You're it like, was, oh, wow. It was weird, too, because it's small enough. La Crosse, Wisconsin's a very small metro, but God bless them for having public transportation because they also have a huge college population that doesn't have fucking cars. Um, But it was weird because it wasn't like in Chicago, there's 9 million buses and trains and those little billboards. So if you buy one, I can assume there's been a radio guy uh, in Chicago who found out, dude, we're, we're buying you some bus boards. And this guy sat on Michigan Avenue and just looked and waited to see his face drive by. I never saw it. Now in Lacrosse is such a small town. We saw these. We saw ourselves on the bus like five times a day. I just remember the it was um, very strange. Our program director was like, "Hey, we're going to take some like promo." headshots tomorrow morning. So, you know, but she didn't tell us what they were for. You're thinking like basic website shit, yeah, right? So yeah. I didn't dr- I was wearing like a t-shirt and then that picture is on the side of a damn bus. <laughs> like you gotta, you gotta tell me this stuff. Um, but so we bought a billboard when we left Wisconsin. Now for folks who aren't playing the at home version of the game, we were let go from our positions in Wisconsin. Um, and then we got hired into Michigan. So as we were leaving, um, it was half us trying to honestly let an audience know where you went. Yes, that's the shitty part about radio, and I will never, ever, 
ever agree with how they handle it, but they fire air talent like after their morning show or after it's their very like show. right after your last shift and, and like they, no one knows and you're gone. They yeah. don't tell us. They don't tell you it's your last show because they don't want you going on the air and saying and saying anything or saying you know because they're like you could say whatever you want because sure. you're about to get fired. Yeah. So they don't tell you and then they don't tell the audience. It's just and you're they're just, just gone. gone. And then it's like after so many years of uh, a company and a station and a staff, you know, integrating themselves into your life. They These just people they just have, hit yeah. the delete button. Like, no, no, they were never here. It's incredibly disrespectful and rude, especially because well, it's they, to the audience, not to the employees. The, no. Because radio people know you're going to get hired and fired and treated like shit your whole life yeah. till you die. But to the audience, no, that's what I mean. It's yeah. disrespectful to the audience because they, you know, you come in and they're like, "Hey, we want you to be yeah. in the community every minute. We want you to be in these people's lives." And then, and then they are so rude to fire you and not tell anybody what happened. And, and then just, that whole community is like, "Hey, what?" Just pretend you never existed, yeah. literally. So when we were let go of Wisconsin, you know, we were lucky enough uh, pretty quickly to pick up the job in Michigan, and we were on our way over, and we really, besides, you know, there was a little bit of a, um, you know, a ploy of trying to convert the audience because when we went to work in Michigan, the company we were going to work for was very heavily focused on digital. Yeah. Digital numbers. Streaming. We we kind of went from zero to hero on that, where in Wisconsin, the companies we worked for didn't give a shit about digital. No, they just figured it out at the end. Do you remember that? They were starting to, but they were very like, eh, that's website shit. We're a radio station. I was going to say, I remember like probably like six months before we got fired. started to, right? They were like, here's how you post on the website. But they still didn't really give a shit. I don't even think they, did they stream? No. No. And then we started, you know, and then we got this, we got hired into this big corporation. They go, hey, just so you know, we don't even consider ourselves a radio company. We're this multimedia thing and digital and the numbers you can help procure on the digital side are now going to be a part of your bottom line. So we said, well, hold on. We've got this whole fucking audience out in Wisconsin um, who we're now poof gone from. Uh, why don't we buy a billboard? Yeah, they wanted to know where we were going, which was yeah. awesome. We said, why don't we buy a fucking billboard and put on there, uh, Pat and AJ are back and streaming. We gave the website you at, can stream us at. Yeah. At said website, right? And I shit you not, like I literally just, there was one kind of stretch and like I knew where it we It was a busy stretch of highway between Stevens Point and Wisconsin yeah. Rapids. And that's where our numbers were the heaviest. These are things yeah. that radio people all know. We all knew where our ratings come from. Yeah. And and they came from Plover, Wisconsin Rapids, that area. So I said if we can put up a billboard in that area, the people, you know, that's where our people are anyways. They're going to see that. They're going to stream. Not only do they get to find out, oh, that's what happened to Pat and AJ. They're at this new station in Michigan. But, you know, on the backside, we're thinking, I'm going to pump up those digital numbers. Well, yeah. Which, by the way, they did. It was hilarious to see our corporate from the new company go, do you know uh, this station in Flint, Michigan has all these new numbers coming in digitally from Wisconsin? Yeah, because we bought a billboard. Yeah, we bought a fucking billboard. Um, and... Now, the other part of it is a little bit of fucking ribbing because, you know, you get fired from a radio station. They throw you out like trash. And they really did throw us out like trash. It was it was very ugly for no reason. (laughs) And they were very upset about that billboard going up. Fuck them. Um, (laughs) Tough. They didn't pay for it. It was very. (laughs) Yeah. It was was a big to do there. But but it was like you. You're upset, but there's nothing you can do about it. Because like you said, we well, uh, we didn't do anything. We didn't do anything. They're. 
their logo wasn't on it. Mm-mm. And they didn't have any copyright on Pat and AJ. No. We, we so walked away just, with that. Yeah. Hey, listen to Pat and AJ at this website. There had, it was nothing to do with them. <laughs> it was so like in between the lines. It felt and so kn- good though, because it was such an ugly firing and it was just for no reason. Like it was just so it was ugly for no reason. And that's why I was like, Fuck them. Put the billboard up. I don't really care what they think. Like, they literally threw us out like trash. It would so. be funny. I mean, it's it's it would be funny if I would know. Uh, now you're, so you're talking about this in hindsight. Are you thinking, like, we shouldn't have done no, that? No, 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 no. You okay, just think I, about crazy shit you've done in your life. Yeah, that was I don't, brilliant. I don't think many people, regardless of what you do, will go, remember that time when I bought a fucking billboard so I could uh, prove a point? How much was that billboard, by the way? It wasn't as much as you thought, but you know why? Because I made it a point. Now, here's the other thing you don't know is that all these fucking media companies uh, that have ruined everything, <laughs> they also own a lot of the uh, advertising, yeah. right? So, And they change your name so you don't know, but iHeart is Clear Channel Outdoors. It's yeah. all the same fucking thing. It's the same address, but different doors into the building. So, you know, CBS, I think, owns a whole shit ton of billboards so i specifically said okay i don't want to go and call a corporate number for a billboard because i'm gonna get some fucking asshole salesperson who's gonna sit there and try to talk me into like some fifty thousand dollar and and, some buy no i am a dude and i want to buy one billboard so i found a billboard that was a local number yeah not only was it empty but it said hey this space available call this number and it was not one of the corporate one it was just a dude and I, I i swear to christ it was a fucking guy and i think he owned a couple and he came out to the house and he's like all right what do you want to put up there and i i told him here's what we're trying to do and he goes cool well here's how much it'll cost i want to say it was under two thousand that's not bad it was under two grand um for three months that wasn't bad and it stayed up longer and that's, remember that that's the <laughs> advice that was the only advice that i had ever gotten from um an old marketing director in radio that really paid out where he goes, if you ever make a purchase for a billboard, anything physical like that, that they have to physically put up and take down, he goes buy the smallest allotted amount of time because they're not going to take it down the day that your contract is up. He goes, you may buy three months. That thing's going to stay up there for six. Yeah. Cause at, 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 you know, month six, they finally resell it. And then they send out their guys to take down yours and put up their shit. They try to resell it to you first. Yeah. First they try to get you you to renew. You can kill time with that and be like, yeah, let me, let me sit on it for a little bit. But yeah, no, it, it stayed up for way longer than it was supposed to, which was awesome. I like shit you not that we literally got into some, I forgot what it was all about, but we literally had to like tell the old company we're like, Hey man. Our contract's only good for three months. If it stays up longer than that, not our problem. You, that your problems with the local dude who's just not taking it down. But that's just something when you sit down, you know, in your rocking chair, and yeah. you go, "Hey, remember when we spent two grand to fucking tell people to listen to us in a different state?" <laughs> what the fuck? And me and you both know we also did it to totally get under the skin of the management that fired us. Yeah, and that we knew that every time they had to drive past that because thing, a lot of them did every we day. Know they did, and I'm I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> See, that's why. Yeah. I don't care if that sounds petty. I'm glad that uh, every morning and every night when these these people drove home, the ones who treated us like shit after we gave up <laughs> everything to come yeah. work for their station, had that just like they grind their teeth a little every bit. Every day. Every day. And I am so glad. Because, you know, you. that's what sucks is when you get let go, whether it's under okay circumstances, which is, you know, not... um. 
It's not. It's not ugly or malicious. It's. It's usually budgetary. I mean, I will tell you. Sometimes there are, the, the things are very. I've always said the most um, professional firings you will ever see in your life occur every year on the HBO NFL show Hard Knocks. Yes, and that is when they document spring training camps which uh, for a lot of guys is not a guaranteed job. No. You're auditioning. And if you want to see the most professional, yeah, both delivering and accepting of that kind of news, you watch these guys with these little hidden cameras in the coach's office get called in. Yeah. And they know why they're getting called in. And they sit down and they go, hey, man, you're a great guy. You've been working hard, but you know what? It's just not going to work out. And then and that's it. It's the most professional fucking, you know, hey, love you, love you. Hope you do good. Hope you do good. And I'm out. I can't say we ever had anything quite so Never professional in radio. Yeah, that, that, that but even when it wasn't malicious, even it wasn't like, fuck you, get out of here. Even when it was like, sorry, we just, we don't have the money. Yeah. You still get, you're still pissed yeah. off. Well, that's what, the, I mean, you give the ev- last one, the last one was, I mean, they, they yeah. literally opened it with through no fault of your own. Yeah, but you, we were still pissed because yeah, sure. you, you're just, you give a lot. You guys have yeah. no idea. You move, you, you give your weekends, your nights, you give every free minute of your life to the station yeah. thinking that it will increase your longevity and it never does. But you're always pissed off, whether it goes well or it's <laughs> ugly. <laughs> And and this one was so uh, and this one was so <laughs> ugly. Funny. Like I'm a very reserved person. I screamed in the hallway just to piss them off on the way out. Which where in Flint? No, no, in, no, no. In uh, Wisconsin. In Wisconsin. Oh, I was yelling in the okay. hallway just just because I realized. I would like, say Flint was. We were at home when we got fired. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, no. I was. It was. Uh, it was ugly. So yeah. the fact that we were able to have that billboard up. And just grind their gears a little bit every fucking day. It felt so good. And I don't care if that's petty. It felt wonderful. Is it weird? And I meant to ask you this because I, I talk to other friends um, and they always sometimes look at me like, what? Uh, you know, you're now part of like an organized union. And, 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 and that's, by the way, where I came from, right? I'm the land of the southwest side of Chicago. These are nothing. I don't care what you did. You were tied into a union. Teacher, you were a union teacher. Cop, you're a union cop. You're a fucking steel worker. You're a union steel yeah. worker. That was, you know, we built the middle class, much like Flint, Michigan, and, you know, other places in Chicago. We built it through that. Um, and it it's a layer of protection. Yes. And I always have my friends, they would always look at me cross-eyed when I tell them these stories from broadcast and how just, you know, there's nothing. There's you and this company. And is that weird for you now? Because you're yes. in this position where you could never get fired like that again. At least no. not where you are right now. No. There is never an opportunity like like where we've been before, where one day a, a, a manager just goes, that's it, they're done. And, and they call you in and you're done. And I mean, that they, could they, never happen to you no, now. No, and the thing with radio, like, and not being in a union is we were number one like every time we got let go yeah sure With, there was this was not a ratings issue that's not what it's about it's yeah. never it's always yeah. about saving it's about money. money yeah um but yeah no it's very weird now because i have people that i have never even met in person fighting for my position without me saying anything like i get union emails once a week like hey you know we're we're bargaining with the company on this to make sure you get that and i'm just like i didn't ask for that but that's amazing yeah and it's very 
very strange, but it yeah. just, it sucks because I realized how low my self-worth was before this, mm. because in, in radio, like we said, you know, you could be number one. But that's also like go. part of the game where it's like, you know, radio DJs are kind of like fucking pro wrestlers. The owner of the station can never let you know how good you really no. are, because then that means, oh, you may be, you they can, don't want yeah. you to know your worth, right? They don't want you to ask for a raise. Like, they don't want you to, yeah. yeah. Like, like you can never let them get bigger than the actual promotion. But, um, yeah, no, I remember I had a conversation with one of my coworkers after I started because I, you know, I struggled a little bit in the beginning, like most people do with new jobs. Mm. And I was really down on myself and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to get fired. And he, literally, Oh, that's right. You yeah, were, he, you were all freaked out. He literally called and said, first of all, your union, you will not get fired. You didn't, he's like, you didn't do anything wrong. You're learning how to do a new job. And he was like, he kept saying, he's like, just breathe. He's like, it's going to be okay. Cause he used to work in radio and he goes, this is not, working in radio per se anymore. Yeah. You are union. You work for a big company that actually, I mean, it, it appears that they give a shit about us. They really, I mean, I like it. It's, it's just a really wonderful feeling. And I'm, I really, I, I'm very, I mean, I've always been pro union. I was union when I worked at the zoo. I mean, it is weird to be pro union and not be a union employee. It's not, well, because it's not always your, because, you don't have yeah, that option. See, that's me. I'm a pro union guy because I saw the benefits of it. Yeah. Uh, because my mom was a union teacher, right? So so I see those benefits. And me personally, because of the profession I got into, which was radio at the time, it's not a, a dominant union industry. What and if I, you were to And even, what I do now, there's no unions in it. Yeah, if you were to even, like, suggest unionizing the talent at your station, like, yeah. it was, it, they'll throw you out before I, you have I was going to say, I was it. part of that once, and it was fun. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, I've, I've never, it, it is odd to be a guy, you know, when you're like, uh, yeah, like, here's the way I, I feel about that, even though I don't, you know, directly right now yeah. myself have any, I mean, you now being a part of a union probably makes me the closest I've been since my mom being yeah. in a union to where I can say, oh, I'm union, yes, because it's a union household. There's a paycheck coming into my house that is because of a union. I think the thing that just like the things I'm learning about it is that first of all, I mean, can you debunk some myths? Cause there are yeah, oh, absolutely. crazy myths out because there. The, well, the political climate is so polarizing. And the second you say union, how did that become a left, right thing? I right? don't know. I don't know. And it's so st- there. I could, I have a list of shit where I could say, how did that become a left, right thing? I don't fucking understand es- any of it. Especially when, and are you ready for this America? We all love these hard facts cause they blow our fucking minds. Are you ready for this? How did unions become a left-right thing when they literally switched affiliations in the 2016 cycle? Yeah. You want to know how Trump got in the office? He did it on the back to union, yeah. blue-collar people got so disillusioned with the Democratic Party. Yeah. He came in and got them. So right there, the fact that this group of people have gone, but they've yeah. switched allegiances. It's, inc- it's insane. That should show you that they're an independent kind of thing, right? They're like They literally kind of look at the situation and go, okay, who's talking to me right now? But yeah, it, I do not know how the union argument became this fucking left-right conservative liberal thing. And I think this has, uh, this this speaks volumes right now, especially with the Twitter thing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, shit, yeah. Listen. What about Twitter? Are we uh, talking about Twitter? Well, hang on. So, first of all, let me debunk a few union things here. Go ahead. These companies can afford it. They can afford for you to unionize. Nobody, nobody at the top 
is eating ramen tonight because the employees unionized. Okay? Now, when you say this, now what industry do you mean? What are you talking about? I'm talking about these gigantic companies. Talking about Amazon? Well, are we yeah, talking we, about like, like we like, can talk about like Amazon, talk about Starbucks? Amazon. Yeah, okay. I mean, I mean these, these two companies right now have yeah. employees that are successfully unionizing in some places and unsuccessfully in others. I was just saying, that's the weird part is that with those two big examples, Starbucks and Amazon, it literally is kind of falling down to the local climate, right? Where you maybe have a better chance of getting through in a union place like Ohio, where yeah. people remember good union jobs, and on the as other opposed hand, to like the South. Yeah, there was a, um, and I don't remember which Starbucks, um, you know, locale it was from, but it was a tweet, mm-hmm. and it was basically a bunch of Starbucks employees at the table wearing Starbucks shirts. I mean, they love their jobs. Sure, they're like, we're at the table to talk about a union, and Starbucks left, and the picture is of half the table there, half the table's gone. Yeah, sure. So I mean, just first of all, these companies can afford it; they just don't want. I mean, we are. Uh, listen, we've all gotten used to paying seven dollars for a cup of coffee, but come on, that was a, that was a stand-up comedian's joke that was gold for years when that was still kind of a bougie thing. But now that we're desensitized yeah. to paying seven bucks for a Every, bucket of coffee, everything actually seven bucks for a cup of coffee doesn't seem like that much anymore. And like that's the thing, you know, they're making twelve hundred percent markup on so, that know, coffee. I did, I did get a venti mocha today yeah. because I had an early day. Look at you, um, six fifty. See. Like, cheaper than I look thought. At that. That's I a, had a gift card, that. too. But. That's a union employee supporting another union employee. Although, I don't know. Did you go to a union Starbucks? I don't know. Are you one of those? I don't know. Are you one of those hardcore? I, I went to the one closest to my kid's school. Oh, let me tell you. That was the best growing up. Because, again, like, the union stuff was just always around. Like, I remember yeah. in the 80s, um, the bumper stickers. Yeah. It said, like, union, yes. Yeah. It was a check mark. Yeah, the check mark. Right? Yeah. Um, who out there? And I, I, I got to think, right, with a lot of our listeners being in Michigan and Wisconsin, had dads or uncles or grandfathers who back in the day were so hardcore union guys, it dictated where you shopped. My grandpa, yeah. <laughs> yep, like, my grandpa. You couldn't go to certain fact, that's, both, a, that's a scab fucking shop, and we ain't shopping there. Both my grandfathers. My yeah. one grandfather worked in, um, like, aviation repair. Okay. And the other one worked for Wisconsin Electric. When oh, it, back when yeah, it, that's a big union They gig. were both union. Yeah. Because, and, and, you know, they they did really well. And they it was yeah. it was back when, you know, you could just, one person, one parent could work, one parent could stay home. I was going to say, your, your grandparents, much like mine are from that generation of you know hey dad worked one job and supported 19 kids yeah. in and a house off that one job yeah. yes. now of course we know that doesn't happen doesn't anymore happen. but I think the thing about unions that people don't realize is that I don't I'm a not a fan of like job shaming like I fucking hate I hate it when people say well you know you shouldn't be working at McDonald's if you're a 40 year old you know mom don't tell people oh, where they yeah. should and should not if that's the only job they can get right now they're working that's the bottom line or here's the thing what if that fucking works what if you are what if a 40 year old what, yeah. if, what if you're a 40 year old mom and you know you just want some fucking time out of the house yeah. away from kids and, and this you is know, how you're paying the bills uh, yeah i don't uh, care how you pay the bills if you work and support your family that's great the problem is with unions is that it makes jobs like starbucks and amazon people that these are jobs that people job shame they're like well these are for young people these are supposed to be part-time service jobs service yeah. jobs yeah. they make them so that they can be 
their career. And yes. and people don't like that for some reason, even though they patronize these companies. We can all make the jokes, and I know we did for years. I'm glad the stigma is gone about, you know, what do you just want to flip burgers, you know? Uh, which is you think of like a very easy job of you put burger down, you wait two minutes, flip burger you ever seen what it takes to make that fucking venti mocha that AJ just drank a lot, this morning? Yeah, those people are like air traffic controllers. Oh, you God. see a barista? They're moving like a hundred miles you a see minute. What? There's yeah. like nine million buttons and steams yeah. and, and and milks and not, and not everybody's meant to be a doctor. Okay, <laughs> not everybody's meant to have a. It's who yeah. cares what a person does? But they should be treated like human beings. Sure, you, they should have the opportunity to purchase health care through our terrible health care system. <laughs> like <laughs> you too should be able to have shitty. Health care that yeah. you buy that won't cover anything. But I mean, the, that's fine. the point. And I think that's the problem with unions is that it makes these quote unquote service jobs that people shit talk yeah. into lucrative positions. See, I still think it's hating, though. I still think it's the same it's reason. Just, it is hating. Yeah. I mean, it's the same reason why people sometimes hate on the prettiest girl at school, even though they don't know her. It's because, well, I'm not the prettiest girl at school. She yeah. is. So fuck her. So it's the same thing it's where jealousy, yeah. where if you're working and busting your ass, yeah. right? If you're busting your ass in manual labor and you're only bringing home 12 bucks an hour and you're putting in your 40 hours a week and it's still doesn't fucking cover the bills and then you hear about some dude in another state who sits on a line and yeah. makes three times as much as you and has i mean it's easy to project easy your to anger talk, and, and yeah. go oh well that's bullshit yeah. and that's you know making us soft because real people like me no fuck that you no, know if you could trade places you would you would you deserve to be treated like yes. a human being yeah, too right i and it's interesting too because i'm part of two unions we love tearing each other down we will not right? lift you up but we we will tear you down to our level. It's insane. I don't I don't get it. Um I'm part of two unions. Not all unions are equal. One of my unions is significantly better than the other one. Is it really? Um just you have to pay dues to both? Yes. That sucks. One you got to pay dues for the shittier one. You should be like, give me a discount dues. Well, no, it's the second one. It's it's basically it, it's based on how much you work. Okay, that's what your dues are based on. Oh, okay. And like a sliding scale. But but one of them does offer better benefits and and than the other. Mm-hmm. But I'm still protected for the first time in my life. Yeah, I am not. Be wild. It is. It has taken me. I've I've worked there almost a year and a half, and I am still yeah. in my head thinking I could get canned tomorrow for no reason. And that wouldn't happen. No, it, it can't. Like the security you is don't incredible. Understand? It can't. I, and that's why I, I, when we were working in radio, like we were so in the moment because we're like, this could end tomorrow. Like in a war. Like yeah, <laughs> you're like you're like I'm a, tomorrow. I could I, they'll fire me. Tomorrow, tomorrow's gonna happen. So like if, if we wanted something, we bought it right then. We did it everything right now just because YOLO because we'll get fired tomorrow. I it's it's really nice not having. That kind of insecurity in my life now. Um, speaking of radio, and I wanted to make sure we get to this real fast. I want to, you know, spend enough time, but because you talk about radio people that really survived it and got to do it front to back. Uh, Michigan, you lost a real one. You lost a legend uh, in Carl Coffee. Oh my gosh! Captain Carl um, passed away. <laughs> And was easily one of the coolest um, rock, and, rock and roll. I mean, he's the coolest human. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I don't want to take away anything from all of his accomplishments. But as as far as, as a person, as a person, you know, you meet people in life that yeah. are like fucking good people. And then other people, you're like, uh, no. 
this is one of those guys where I'm like, we need nine million Carl Coffees. Yeah. Uh, Carl Coffee uh, passed away recently um, after I, I think he was battling a little bit of, a, of an illness at the end. Yeah. Uh, Carl, not a spring chicken though. Uh, an amazing man who he was worked in Detroit radio for say, a really long time. He worked in the glory days. Well, first off, let's talk about the coolest part of Carl Coffee. Well, he ended his radio career last. He was working on Lapeer's classic rock. It was a US 1031. He was the morning guy. Yeah. I don't know. By the end, they probably had him on the air 20 hours a fucking day. Probably. You yeah. know? But um, so he worked on a, on this classic rock station, and he was originally from that area, from the Lapeer area. He was a rural um, Michigan uh, boy who was plucked out of his rural Michigan home um, when the lottery number hit. Yeah. And not for a billion dollars like all y'all Powerball people, but in the 60s, it was called the Vietnam lottery. Yeah. I want you to imagine this scenario. Mm. You want to talk about fucking riots in the streets today? Imagine this scenario. That every night we go ahead and have a national broadcast where we pluck numbers out of a, uh, a little little uh, bucket, and uh, those numbers coincide with your son, and your son then gets to go off to war. <laughs> That's what happened. Uh, Carl, That's so unimaginable to us nowadays. You can't, I mean, you think about this shit they're talking about, like people are going to fucking ride in the street over this or that. No. You imagine you right now just just said, hey, your son, we're, we're sending them where? Iraq. Well, you know, it, it kind of they were kind of doing that with the Russia-Ukraine thing. Don't, I mean, it was the, the exact same thing. Look at what has happened thing. there. And I mean, Russians were killing themselves to avoid mm-hmm. the lottery to go to war yeah. with Ukraine. I mean, that's, and it was a very yeah. weird, like, it was a very weird callback to Vietnam. Like very you were like, much. this is a real thing and that I still mean, happens. Again, for those of us who have connections back and maybe you had loved ones or, you know, family members who were around, they can tell you about people that ran away to Canada. Yes. About people who, you know, went to college because if you went to college and you couldn't get drafted, yeah. there were all types of ways to, as we call draft dodge, right? Yeah. We've heard that term. So Carl Coffey did not do that. Carl Coffey um, was growing up in rural Michigan, was plucked out of his uh, country farm home sent off to vietnam he served his country he made it back fortunately and i say fortunately because he went on uh to become one of detroit's most iconic radio djs when you know radio was fucking radio it was radio and it was it was and when detroit was detroit, detroit like fucking detroit rock but city it was it was tough like that that was a tough time for talent. Yeah, oh, because you had to be good. Yeah, you had to be good and everybody else was really like, good. These days, don't get me wrong, there are plenty of DJs who were on in Chicago, Boston, Miami, Seattle. Seattle, Detroit. You don't fucking belong to be there. No. You're you have there no right, right now. To be there. You're there right now. Because you're cheap. That's because why. of circumstances yeah. that have allowed it. Back in the day. You had to be. Ooh, you were the, the best, best of the best. I mean, that's yeah. why people tell you about. I mean, this is why we talk to our our parents who go, man, back in the seventies and eighties, and I listen on the radio. Holy yeah. shit! Because those guys are that good. They were days. They were the glory days. And Carl Coffey was one of them. Yeah. Uh, he also had great stories too. He could tell you about the early days of Howard Stern. Because for those who paid attention, Howard Stern did the morning show in Detroit. Yes, that's right. Before. Howard Stern, right? When he was just a little radio DJ like all of us, that was one of his last stops before yeah. he hit it big was Detroit. And Carl could even tell you stories about yeah, that. That's cool. Carl Coffey worked at Riff Radio when Riff Radio was Riff Radio in Detroit. He worked at, I mean, he really, um, in our business, he was one of those fucking guys. Yeah. There's guys that are going to end up with their names in the rafters. Yeah. And he was he one was of those one guys. Of them, yeah. 
Um, but as for us, I mean, he worked. He was usually the only other person in I the building I was going to say, we had a very unique um, relationship with Carl because at our last radio station... Um, there was only four of us in the building for about three hours <laughs> it was a, a It was day. a small click in the morning, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, even though it was a Lapeer radio station by the nature of corporate... Um, bullshit. Bullshit these days. <laughs> Uh, it was owned by a company that operated out of Flint, right? So they were not going to build some radio station in Lapeer for a local Lapeer radio station. Of course not. They uh, had Carl broadcast out of our studios in Flint. And then so, he would go do appearances in Lapeer. Yeah, so he lived out in Lapeer. He would drive into Flint, yeah. do this radio at show. Ass crack yeah, at the ass crack of dawn. the ass crack of He would do, come in, do this radio show for Lapeer, and then have to drive back to Lapeer. Rinse, lather, repeat. He would come in every single morning into our studio and say hi. And I felt so honored that he would take the time to come say hi to us. All the time. And he would just, he would shoot the shit. And he was so great. And he just had this amazing, booming radio voice. I would say he had, and like, that's the other thing that's mostly associated with radio from that era, the 70s, the 80s, is the radio yeah, voice. The radio and voice. people ask us that all the time back when we used to work in the business. Ooh, do, do your radio voice. And don't get me wrong, when I was a young solo DJ you and, I, a radio and, voice. and I sucked, yeah. I very much had a radio voice, everybody, and I talked just like that. But the best, the best DJs. They had that shit. Well, they had that shit, and we it's a word we use, it's called puking. Puking, yeah. That's um, what it's you basically call. When you go what, like yeah. that, everybody, when you're talking like this at the top of the pop of the rocks, the sax and wax in the back. That's called being puking. That's now, puking. the way we're talking right now is how we talk around the house. It's natural. It's natural. And Carl's voice was deep, booming, and natural. Natural. Like, that was would, no bullshit. He would it. open our studio door rrr, and he'd, rrr, he'd be like, morning kids well i i used to always me and my friend like i always told my buddy and for anyone out there who's seen the private parts movie but i know radio people have that's the howard stern movie but it really is a pretty accurate, accurate representation fucking yeah. representation of radio um there's a character in the movie and it's from howard's time in detroit and it's a guy called the duke of rock and he's this overnight radio dj um, we talked about billboards earlier, right? In the yeah. movie, they show that he has his own billboard. Yeah. The Duke of Rock gets you through the night. And he's, I always told my friend, I'm like, I think they modeled that fucking character after, after Carl, Carl Coffey. Because the guy, everything about him screams, this is Carl Coffey. Hey, baby, if you can't be good, be bad. Like, I mean, it was, he, I'm like, that's fucking Carl Coffey show. And Howard's like, hey, I know this guy who used to be in Detroit. Let's work him into that. Things I loved about Carl Coffey. First of all, he I, had his own little farm. Yeah, I, I was to say, number one, we're going to go with all the animals, yes, right? Yes, he had goats. He had fainting goats. He had fainting goats. You could scare them. And he <laughs> used to he used to grow natural catnip on his farm and bring it in to the station for our cats. And let me tell you, natural catnip is seriously crack for cats. I mean, catnip is crack for cats, but this is like the good crack. This is the kind, I mean, our cats would go bananas. So I would literally be like, hey, Carl, you uh, got any of that catnip left? And then he would bring in, uh, remember, he would bring in eggs from his chickens and leave them in the break room. And you'd like leave five bucks and, and take a package of eggs. Yeah. The other thing I loved about Carl, and I'll never understand how he pulled it off, but I don't care because I'm just proud of him for doing it. What's that? Um, Carl was still kind of like, Carl was like, that. you were lucky to have him. And yeah. 
he would just not show up to meetings. He could do whatever the fuck he, he wanted. He did whatever he wanted. He didn't show up to meetings. He didn't show up. These big events that they were like, you work this event or they, else. They'd put a gun to your head like, you'll fucking be working. You'll be there all night yeah. and I don't get unpaid. He never showed up. He never showed up. Because <laughs> they were. It wasn't. Listen. We should have had shirts made that said, where's Carl? Where's Carl? Because on for every meeting, <laughs> everything, where's Carl? And, and no one gave a shit. And nobody gave a shit and he, nobody fired him for it. No. I mean, it was, it was always like. dare. No, he could do whatever. Because he you know wanted. why you fire him? What jerk off from some nationally pumped in bullshit audio are you going to get to be on that radio or station? Or some local who you're going to pay eight bucks an hour and they're going to quit after a month? The yeah. fact, the fact, and this happens a lot by the time in radio. And it used to happen more, uh, just by the nature of how radio is now. It doesn't, but it used to happen like this. You know, if maybe you had a real big career. But like anything, it's show business, and sometimes a career ends, right? Not everyone becomes Howard, and no. you get to do it all the way to the end. Few people do. So what would happen is you'd see these you know, really big radio guys, like you said, work their way all the way to the top. Yeah. And then once they kind of, you know, on the back end of the career, they'd fall back into much smaller stations. Yeah. And they would have this dynamic of, well, we're just fucking happy to have someone of your stature, stature yeah. here. And you do then get to kind of like, I think you of. get to do whatever you want. Besides Carl Coffey, the next name that comes to mind for me is Kevin Matthews, who did that with Grand Rapids. Kevin Matthews from Grand Rapids became a big radio star in Chicago back when radio was radio. Yeah. Did a really entertaining, talented brand of radio. Did it for 20 years. And then it was like the gigs dried up. Sure. So what did he do? He went back to his hometown, actually the same company we worked for. And they did fucking backflips. That they made up a position yeah, to have him. this guy in the building because he was like, "Fuck, we got Kevin Matthews here. Yeah. This is great." And it was the same thing with Carl Coffey. The fact that this little Lapeer radio station that just happened to be owned by this bigger corporation, um, you know, they're like, "Hold on, you mean the guy from Riff Radio? We can get that guy to be our morning guy, and we can pay him like fucking thirty-four grand a year." That was, I mean, so they let him do whatever he do wanted. whatever the fuck you and come I, on in. And I doors it. open. And he earned it. I mean, that was, he had had absolutely earned it. And it was, I just remember like, he really didn't tell people he was sick. You kind of had to hear it. I did hear. Yeah, I heard. I mean, he he told us in person after quite a while. Remember that? Like there was a, because one, I mean, he, he was. He's a tough guy. Uh, well, he was, he was an older guy. Well, I was going to say he was an older guy. One, I mean, he passed away at at, at seventy three. So you know, he was a little bit older. So you know, when you get older, things happen. We didn't know, and and then you had kind of heard a rumor about you know, there's some medical stuff. There was even a rumor maybe it was tied back to some of his service in Vietnam. Yeah. I mean, we didn't know, but you're right. There was never kind of that blunt, like, hey, guys, I'm sick. It was just kind of, and, and, and then the pandemic happened. Yeah. And we never saw we Carl never again because yeah. everybody went home and we never went back. And that was, you know, that was the best part, too, about the, <laughs> about the pandemic. When that thing kicked off, right? And we're all just, I mean, we're shucking and jiving trying to figure out how to fuck to make life work day to day, especially within the radio world. And they sent us all home. Do you remember legitimately, they had no idea if Carl was alive or broadcasting. <laughs> like, they're like, well, we sent him with the equipment. They sent, well, we sent the equipment home with him. <laughs> We're not sure if he knows how to set it up. We don't There's know a, if he's on the air. There could be a chance he's not even on the air tomorrow. We don't know. We don't know. And, but it was like everybody kind of helped him through all the new technology shit. But I mean, there were days where like, no, he just oh, wasn't on the air and fucking, man. fucking whatever. It like, was so funny. And we, we'd have these meetings and they're all like intense about, okay, what are we doing to inform the community about the uh, pandemic yeah. numbers and this and that? And uh, by the way, Carl, is he alive? Do we know if Carl's <laughs> Has alive? Has anybody heard from Carl? Has anyone checked on Carl out on the farm? 
But yeah, we find, you know, so we really unfortunately lost touch. And as you can imagine, Carl wasn't exactly the biggest Facebooker in the world. No. Uh, so when we, you know, all went home and then obviously, you know, me and you uh, got let go before we ever got to go back in the building and we moved and we never got that opportunity. And then we just, you know, read. He died. And yeah. when I mean read, I want to mean almost every major media publication in Michigan reported. Yeah. If you Google right now, Carl Coffee. It's going to come up at all of his obits, and it's not just going to be the easy ones, which are like from the US 1031 website. Yeah. That's the easy layup, right? Like yeah. Morning Man, Carl Coffee dies. It was from Riff Radio, yeah. from all the stations he'd worked at in Detroit, all the way down to his little small hometown newspaper. Yeah. Go local legend, right? Carl Coffee passes away at um seventy three. We so. loved Carl. Carl was a great. He was a great person. He was a great talent, yeah. and he was just. And we could talk music. We, me, yes. and him, because he was that guy who not only did radio back in the day when it was real. It meant he was around all that music when it yeah. was real. So when I'm out there telling him about going to see like, you know, Dead and Company, the new fucking incarnation of the Grateful Dead. He's telling me about, yeah, I remember when Jerry Garcia and Bob Weir rolled through in like uh, 72. Yeah. Right? And you're like, holy shit. Like, Tell he, me more. He had those stories about going to see, you know, these like the Stooges playing at like the Masonic Temple yeah. in, you know, 1977. Like he just had really cool uh, Michigan stories too. You want to talk about a guy that yeah. you know, brew, pure Michigan, pure Michigan. I man. remember we always used to say like, "I can't wait till we can be a Carl Coffee." Like till we have so much cred in this yeah. industry, yeah. that we can just kind of. We always called it um, four and hit the door. Yeah, that was the old joke. Four and hit the door is yeah. that morning shows used to be able to do their four hour show and leave, and then when we got in, you know, when we became a morning show. They were like, no, you have six other jobs. You have to stay until <laughs> two in the afternoon. Hours, yes. In the afternoon, and Carl never had that. Carl was just yeah. the morning guy, and Carl did his four and hit the door. Carl didn't show up to meetings. Carl didn't show up to events, and it was fine. And I always said, I can't wait to someday be Carl Coffee. We never got there, no. and that's okay. But I'm glad Carl did because he so deserved it, and he was just the best guy. From a man who started off milking cows on his parents' dairy farm, true story, to serving our country in Vietnam to rocking the airwaves in Detroit Rock City. Carlton Eugene Coffee signed off. This is The Riff, 101 FM, WRIF. Hope you enjoyed our exclusive interview with Robert Plant this evening. Coming up uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night at 9, tune by for an exclusive live press conference with Robert Plant. It'll be live from Chicago. That'll happen right before the nationwide live broadcast. And Steve Costan will give you information on how you can call in and talk to Robert Plant. That's Robert Plant live on the Riff tomorrow night, Thursday night at 9, exclusively from Detroit's home of rock and roll concerts, WRIF. It's Carl Coffey sitting in for Karen Savelli, Karen vacationing. We'll uh, continue on with some rock and roll. Got the new one here from Huey Lewis in the news after we take care of some business. Cedar Point. Big shout outs to Lindsay. Lindsay. Lindsay messaged the Pat and AJ page after we talked on the last podcast. Facebook, about, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Facebook. Okay. Pat and AJ page. Um, and I apologize. There's new messages I haven't looked at, but I, I went in there today and found hers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will look at all your messages. I'm so sorry. Um, but she messaged us after I talked about the amount 
amount of bullshit junk phone calls I'm getting. Yeah, we covered this in the last uh, episode of the podcast, episode 165, if you want to listen. But it's all about the uh, inundation of, I mean, mainly political, you know, robocalls. Yeah, we're way past telemarketers. I mean, this is that's all, way, especially, old school. you know, we're coming up, we're like one week now, one week away from a big election. So it's yeah. political, it's scammers, it's all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, but it's just, it, it is a pretty consistent part of your life where your phone's consistently ringing or getting texts from these and nonsensical I, You know, people. I kind of ignored it, but then they started calling between like 7 and 9 a.m., and I'm like, you know what? I hope, I, I hope you die a horrible, fiery death because how dare you call me? Like, these are mornings like I get to sleep in for once and yeah. I'm getting four or five phone calls from bullshit numbers. Lindsay messaged the Pat and AJ page and said that there is a feature on the iPhone mm-hmm. where you can sign. Now, this isn't like do not disturb okay? because I'm, I'm well versed in do not disturb. D&D, yeah. Um, but there is a feature in the iPhone where you can turn off notifications for unknown callers. Yeah. So any number that you don't know, it won't ring, but it will it will go right to your voicemail okay. and it will show up in your recent numbers. Now, the only issue with this, like the I other was day, say. so I, I did this and it was awesome for a few days. It was incredible. And then we were supposed to get a delivery of a new dishwasher and they were supposed to call sometime around eight in the morning. And of course we knew, I'm like, that'll change six times, I'm sure, yeah. which it did. But I'm like, shit, I got to keep my phone on. That morning, I got four phone calls before 7 a.m. from bullshit numbers, and it rang because I had that feature turned off. Now that we don't have a dishwasher coming from a number I don't know, um, it's pretty incredible to have all these numbers silenced because none of them leave messages because they're all bullshit. Yeah. And my phone doesn't ring nonstop anymore. You just made me uh, realize I, um, my boss at work, every once in a while, she has to observe uh, sessions that I conduct as a therapist, right? It's called being under clinical supervision. Yeah, they have to make sure you're doing make the sure right we're, yeah, job. Doing, yeah. doing the stuff, right? Um, so by the nature of how I work, which is telehealth, right? I, I sit there on a, on a computer and I talk to someone and we, we video chat. Um, what I do for these, su- these sessions is I call her, right? And I call yeah. her on my phone and I set the phone down and she listens to the session and that's that. The one week I was having all these issues, and I remember I grabbed your phone and I said, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use your phone. Just I'll have it back in an hour. And I called her from your phone and it, it didn't go through. Mm-hmm. And then I remember emailing her, hey, I'm sorry, we were supposed to connect, yada, yada, yada. And she goes, oh, if, if I don't have your phone, your number in my phone, it doesn't ring. It doesn't ring. Yep. And my dumbass thought it was like, you know, some really fucking advanced uh, service that she had put together because she's this <laughs> fancy doctor with all these people calling her. Apparently, it's just on everyone's iPhone. Yes. See, this is where I'm showing my age. Now I'm showing how I'm 44 because I don't fucking know what my iPhone can actually do. It's pretty amazing, and I don't get those phone calls. So what do we do? You got okay. the message that we do what? Okay, so what you're going to do okay. is you are going to go to your phone's settings. Right. Lindsay said, go ahead and open up your settings. I'm there right now. All right, so you go to your settings. Mm-hmm. Is it cellular? And then you go to phone. Ooh. You go to the, because which is funny, I don't think I've ever clicked on that before. It's your phone. Mm-hmm. And then you scroll down and there's a feature that says silence unknown callers. I see it. And you turn it on or off. And wow. now anybody who is not stored in your contacts nice. will not ring your phone, which 
is awesome because, again, if it's important, they'll leave a message and you'll see that you got a phone call. This is not like, you know, they just disappear into oblivion. Yeah. But, I mean, for the amount of spam and scam calls and political calls I'm getting right now, this has been a godsend. A yeah. God, because cause now they call and I block them, but they don't. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't ring in my phone. Wow. So it's really nice. I mean, I, I think it sucks that we have to do this because, you know, you're getting harassed that much. But, I mean, it is what have, it is. Have real fun. Hold on. Go down a few and click on your block contacts. You can see all the people over Holy the years. Holy shit. Look you at all the people that I've chosen not to speak look, to. Look at look at this. What do you got? Holy shit. Oh, you got a lot more. Because you block every I telemarketing block every number. telemarketer. I block every political number. I block I, them all. I literally have a list. There's like six people up top that I obviously never want to talk to again. And, <laughs> and then after that is nothing but just, yeah, all the yeah, telemarketers Yeah, my, my list is stuff. ten times as long as yours. Because I block, I try. But they, I, the other day I literally said, are they running out, are they running out of phone numbers? Mm-hmm. Because like, you just, I, I'm sh- I know there's a lot of, you know, different, um, I know there's a lot of different phone numbers and a lot of different combinations of phone numbers, but I literally said, holy shit, aren't we out of numbers at this point? That's crazy. But thank you, Lindsay. Thank you, you have Lindsay. made my life so much quieter, and I appreciate it. She's able to sleep in past nine. It's really nice. And then after next Tuesday, you could fucking unlock it again. <laughs> the Pat and AJ Podcast Network is available on all your favorite audio platforms. Subscribe today. Follow Pat and AJ on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook now at Pat and AJ. PatandAJ.com. Support the Pat and AJ Podcast Network today by donating on Venmo or Cash App. Powered by the people. The Pat and AJ Podcast.